Well, hello. I am so happy you could join me. What this? Why am I so happy? Oh, that is simple. I have devised my escape from this bleak situation. How? Well, quite simple. A certain type of moth came to visit my cell the night before, which had cast a messaging spell onto it. One of my messages reaches my desired contact. They shall rush over to my rescue. The best part of this contact is not even part of this kingdom, as they belong to another kingdom, especially the animal kingdom. <laughs> I know that look. You think my... You think me... You think my silly for putting my life in the paws of animals. Fret not. I once thought the same, but from my tales of the past, I have learned to think otherwise. Let me prove it to you. Let me use my trusty shiv to slash the veil once again to open our eyes to our often overlooked animal companions. As told by Ramble Shamble. Hello everyone, my name is Mackie and again joined by Jotun. Today's podcast episode of Ramble Shamble, we're going to talk about gaming. And not just gaming, nerd gaming in the naughtiest sense. Nerds, the video games, the movies, the books, the pop culture, culture with consume. Before you protest that pop culture, nerd culture is already way overplayed in our culture, just hear me out. Because from the last episode we wrote about pop culture influences that got me thinking about nerd influences in the era that might have never existed. Because at the time I was still an 8 to 6th grade kid and nerdy and games never came to me because I never had the access to games. Just like the pressures to fit in at school was beating me down so much that I refuse to come to come back for anyone. Those are the actual old jokes from the show. Damn, how could I have not this memorized? What do you think, Jotun? What do you think of what I just said? No, it's logical. It's coherent. <laughs> Talking about your days as a nerd. Growing up a nerd. So, guys, if you are confused on what I've just basically did, I did a, a little AI generation of uh, just a, what they decided to continue the conversation of when i ended my first where this episode of podcast this podcast episode ramble shamble is going to talk about and let the ai decide what i was going to say for this intro of this episode <laughs> it did it did sound like you were blind reading something that you did not read before <laughs> it was just it was so, it's so bad that's it's like really really bad in terms of how it puts the words together because i have to put so much concentration as Jotun has highlighted to making sure I read the exact wording because it just starts uh, in another way rambling <laughs> <laughs> so guys before we get into the main episode uh, there is a reason why I had started with that and I'll go into it but again guys if you are interested in this ramble shamble again we are a podcast 
podcast channel, the topic of today will not be as I just mentioned about gaming, and not just any gaming. <laughs> it will be animals, and I will go in more detail afterwards. But if you guys really do enjoy this, these episodes, we really do appreciate you getting our name out there, giving us a like button on YouTube, giving us the five-star rating as we're on pretty much in all podcasting channels, Stitcher, Apple, Google Podcasts, Rumble, I mentioned YouTube already, and feel free to comment and possibly join us in a future podcast episode. We are actively looking for anyone to give us new ideas, new ways, new things to talk, and we want to make sure that we conform to you guys to talk. And the best way to talk to us, one way is through YouTube, but the best, the best way to talk to us is through Discord. And you can find all our details in the descriptions, you can find our Discord via Discord, really neat, if you can't find it on our description. And once you join, we all play games, we all talk, we all just in casual make a make and grow a community. But those comments are also very ha- handy and very useful. And Jotun, our always describer, is going to give us that reasoning right now. Yes, everybody. From the content, the comments that we get from you guys, based on some of the questions or all of the questions that we ask you as the audience specifically. We will be taking our favorite response and we take, we, we, we just like talk about it for a bit, you know, because we like the input that you guys give us and it's like impossible for us to actually think of everything to do with the topic. And that's where you guys come in. A lot of the time when you're talking about something, you don't realize that you're going in a certain direction or if you have a problem or something it's also difficult for you to like view it from an outside perspective and you guys are our outside perspective so if you see something in a topic that you think we missed out on but you think would add some kind of deep deep value to it then let us know the comments you can comment on the youtube episode or you can comment in Discord. Um, We are a bit more active in the Discord, so it's better if you let us know over there what you're thinking. But YouTube also works. And yeah, we take that, our favorite response, and we talk about that right off the head. No research (laughs) needed. (laughs) Awesome work. Yes, so, Jotun, I started off the episode in probably the most unique way we've had any episode. Ever, I introduce you early, but do you have the? A, do you, is something going in your mind, or why did Mackie decide to start this episode in such an unorthodox way? What's your understanding? Um, jeez, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're a curious, you're a curious guy, but but in a in an act of true serendipity, now I've also been engaging with these AI generated things of. Of late, like recently, but more to do with pictures and stuff. Mm. And it's it's just it's ridiculous how complex and um, versatile AI generation is. But don't you feel like since the person who coded this obviously put a certain level of intelligence in an AI, and obviously the AI that we have currently is obviously growing and getting smarter nowadays, but it still doesn't quite get things right they don't necessarily have that grammar flow when i was reading that sent that that paragraph i felt very stiff i felt like 
very confused, like almost like a person who tried to write an essay but didn't know Dude, what I was talking about. You, you, <laughs> you sounded like it, it's as like it's as well. <laughs> like you were like it. It sounded like you were really struggling a bit there. Oh, I was struggling. But I think struggling. it's because I think it's because of the repetition of the words. Mm. Like that. That's actually sorry about the developers here, but that's actually kind of a bad way of writing English. Mm. You know what I mean? Andrews. Like when when you when you ask someone to explain something or to define something probably the worst thing you can do is use that exact same word in over the definition of over. that. Yeah. Exactly. And it sounded to me like you used some of those words like three or four times <laughs> in the sentence, just like conjugated differently. So you're, that's like, if you, if you think about it and you listen carefully, then you understand, but it, 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 it's jarring, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I 100% agree. So the main reason why I brought that in is intelligence that we define is quite an interesting topic. And as I already mentioned, and the viewers probably see the topic of this episode, animals, intelligence, why, why talk about that? I feel that animals are a lot smarter or quite a lot more intelligent than we give them credit for. And before we get in, obviously, to our different ideas, Jotun, I want to start off. I'll give my opinion after your opinion because I would, I'm very interested and very eager to learn what your opinion is. But what is your understanding of intelligence? Are you able to give me a brief definition? Would you like me to go first? I'm happy, whatever you choose. I'll, let, I'll give you the decision on this one. Oh, God, so I have no, I didn't even think of that. Okay. Oh, okay. An, an, ability, an ability for um, for something that is able to, as, as the the ability of an agent to react to and um, enact upon external stimuli and the outside world. Okay, uh, that's your version of understanding intelligence. Okay, now I, I'll you have a chance to restructure that if you wish after I've given my version. So this is my understanding, guys. This is not anyone. This is not an official way. But this is my preferred way of giving something. Hey, that's intelligence. So my version of intelligence is the ability to problem solve. So when presented with a problem and the ability to overcome said problem, the ability to, sorry, the, the curiosity to, to learn, to watch, to understand, and the ability for goal-driven, to be goal-driven. So I'm hungry. I need to go get food. What's the best way for me to get food? So those are the three main areas for me to say that, entity or being is intelligence or has an intelligence behind them, that they're able to say, hey, I'm presented with a problem. I'm able to overcome said problem. I'm curious enough to understand and observe the world and learn to use that world to achieve my goals in new and better ways. Does that, does that change any of your definition of intelligence? I know I threw you pretty much under the bus there, so I'm giving you this opportunity to see if you want to salvage anything. Um, no, I don't think you threw me under the bus there, but I, okay, so I think that what your definition does that my definition doesn't do is that your definition takes for granted that that being is actually sentient or conscious, whereas something, uh, everybody's seen the title of this, this episode, but like an, an animal can display intelligence without actually being conscious or technically sentient. 
What does saint? I'm going to look up the definition of saint here. Oh, that, that's that's where it's different because there's different there's different versions of intelligence because even as 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 humans we can't even quantify our intelligence. We have IQ tests that don't work. We have personality tests that try to understand our being. So in my world of experience, there's definitely IQ and there's EQ. So EQ is the ability to understand environmental environmental and emotional intelligence, while IQ is your logical or your, in a way, your book book spots. But even those aren't 100% accurate because a lot of it is dependable on certain events and certain questions that are presented to you. Say, my one friend who's very bad at mathematics, but later now is very good at accounting. And the only reason why he was bad at mathematics is that he was bad in science. He was good in accounting, accounting numbers, but he was bad in science. Where one Billy Bob needs to travel at a certain speed to catch up to Billy Bay, traveling at a different speed. And that's where he lacked. But does that mean that he's less intelligent? I don't think so. I do. You think so? Yeah, I don't I don't believe in that uh, that whole thing of like there being six or seven intelligences. I think that's people <laughs> I think it's people just like giving handouts handouts in a way because if you if you think about it what what okay, let's just say my idea of intelligence is actually what people call general intelligence. Mm. So it's like your capacity to problem solve and understand and all the things that you mentioned, mm-hmm. but on a general scale across multiple domains of competence. Now, you can be competent in terms of understanding emotions and music and things like that, but um, I don't think that general intelligence has to do with what you're talented at or your talents of um, the different things like that. It's meant to be like a rule of thumb with how you compare to other people. Mm. Um, so I think that with m- emotions and music and art and like body language and all of those things, those are, or rather social intelligence, I think that those are actually skills. Those aren't intelligence. Intelligence is like the your capacity to to learn and all of those kinds of things and understand, but not your, not your skills at it. But uh, I don't think because having the for myself, I can't play musical instruments. I tried learning instruments in the past. I can't play certain instruments, but my level of intelligence or understanding of said instrument was lacking. Where Jotun is a musician is a, a singer and you have that intelligence behind you where I I would find a much harder time getting my head around where if I were to present to you something from my engineering understanding yes I studied engineering but there's certain concepts that will be slightly harder for you to understand because you don't have that same intelligence behind everyone so that I agree with what you say it's the ability to learn and understand but at the same time, I still think that there's uh, my sister. She's a much better at she's much better in reading emotions, and that's a type of intelligence because she's able to see, understand, and learn from it. And that's where I feel where where we're going to come to our first question with animals. Now, 
Jotun, I, I know you love octopi. I know or octopuses. Before you go forward, <laughs> I come. I, I completely disagree. I think that's that's entirely a thing of how much you've been exposed to and your experience with something. So now with with engineering, for example, I I, I didn't study for to be an engineer for four years. And before that, I also didn't take higher grade. Well, I did take higher grade maths until like grade eleven, but I didn't have I didn't matriculate with higher grade maths. And I didn't do physics in high school and all those kinds of things. So Mm. um, if I were to start at the ground up, take physics, do maths, and then do the engineering thing, then I could be on your level. And it's so my intelligence would just determine how much time investment I would need and how much investment from other people would be needed to bring me to that level of yours. It's got nothing yeah. to do with my intelligence. It's got to do with the amount of time and effort that I put into it. And that's why I say the different kinds of intelligences are actually uh, having to do with the skill that you have in it, and not your capacity to acquire that skill. But you can go on now. And, uh, and, uh, and, it's, and it's octopodes, in, in case you are asking. I've seen octopuses being one of them. But getting back to your point, I agree with what you say, but that's where it's obviously your opinion versus mine, and that's where the audience can make a decision. But to add on to that point is that I know a lot of my my friends of the past who struggled in certain areas a lot harder than I would. And yes, you are right. If you were to start from from the ground up again and focus directly on there, you would never be my level. I would never be your level because our minds are on different understanding of the world around us. The only way that we would get to the same level is if you were to live my exact life, do my exact decisions, and then you will be exactly the same level. But moving on, because we only have a certain amount of time, I know you're probably gritting your teeth. I also grit my teeth, but that's why we have this, because the audience needs to decide on who's right and wrong. But animals, now, again. Sorry, uh, uh, I, know, I, know that, I know that we don't have a lot of time left, but I want the audience to please appreciate this is the first time in the episode ever where one of us has explicitly said to the other guy, you are not allowed to choose this answer for the topic. <laughs> like I, I have been banned and barred from choosing cephalopods for the answer for this. And I just want everybody to appreciate the bias of that. Okay. Well, now you I, I would on. like to say that I am not boring. I am strictly stating land animals for this episode because we've already spoken about sea creatures. Jotun's given that topic already. So it feels pretty redundant to have another episode where we talk and and admire the the ten to nine brains of the gigantic squid in the so colossus squid in the ocean that we do we make speculations of he's so smart and achievements because if you were due to the colossus squid where we assume that this squid has 12 brains the next part of the questions are going to get a bit more difficult and i thought let's spice it up let's go for land animals and i'm barring myself because again i don't go down there as well so we both barring ourselves so don't make yourself feel like oh my hands are cuffed i can't now <laughs> talk about my precious squids or octopi <laughs> And to a specific interpretation of my answer, you could also say that my answer isn't a land animal. Oh, 
Uh, uh, really, but if you're getting technical. Yeah. So again, I'm also bought there. We're both bought. I'm, I'm trying to get a bit more flair and I'm actually more interested in land animals. This could be flying. I'm giving flying as part of that because it's, it's not a sea-based or space entities. So Jotun, the, the first part of the question. So we'll definitely, the, the two questions that we'll cover in this episode. So we will state our smartest animals and maybe one or two of their achievements of why you claim this is a smart animal or is a very smart animal comparable to humans and or and then afterwards we'll touch on some personal experiences because i'm sure since we've been living on this earth for so many years we should have a few animal stories that we might have and might be of that might make people laugh make people interested and say whoa and might surprise some people so let's start with the first question our preferred or the the smart the smartest land animal that we think is comparable to humans do you want to go first or shall i um i think you can start us off again cool then you'll start off the second phase then great so my animal of choice so there's a lot of animals people uh, i've done my research and i was really surprised about the one that i have so there's ants they are orangutans chimpanzees and that's what pretty much everyone's getting their minds around but the one that really surprised me one that I actually have a mad respect for are crows. And oh, you can't tell me we chose the exact same thing then. Uh-oh, you should have gone first then. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh, I'll give you well, I'll give my one. You get time to think of your next one. <laughs> okay, now, now, now we actually, maybe we should bar crows because now we both in the same opinion that that's the best one. Great, now you ruined my one. But but let's 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 quickly say why why we chose crows. Oh, crows are okay. Let, let me give me my biggest reason why. So crows have 1.5 billion neurons, which is higher than a dog's amount of neurons in their brains. And I saw I witnessed a crow work out a lot of the tests that kids up to seven year olds kids human kids are unable to solve. And these crows are able to solve without the aid of human assistance. And that's just mind-boggling. So that's why I had crows on there. But give your side, and then we'll have to think of a new animal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, when, when, when Mackie asked me this question, I immediately thought, well, this is, a, this is a no-brainer because the closest thing about, or the closest animal that there is to human intelligence is the great apes. But then I thought about it a bit longer, and I thought, <laughs> you know what? Actually, the only reason why great apes and probably humans as well are as intelligent as we are is because we have opposable thumbs. And because of that, we were able to use tools and such. 100%. But what about an animal that's actually on par with great ape intelligence and even children up to the age of like six, but with the handicap of not having an opposable thumb. And then it was, it was immediately clear to me, it has to be crows and ravens, or we're yep. getting technical, <laughs> all corvids. Corvids. Not COVID, corvids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but so in this rare instance, I think the handicap wins because... If you can reach that same level of intelligence, even without opposable thumbs, then geez, yeah. dude, if they had opposable thumbs, we would be dominated. They've had like 
60 million years more time and evolution <laughs> that we have. Imagine if they had that, like, thumbs that whole time. It would be, oh, it would be a no-brainer. They would, they would actually be able to traverse space. Imagine space crows, dude. Oh, they most likely is space crows. We just don't know. Maybe this is watching yeah. us. Like in Rick and Morty, like, squirrels are, like, secretly incredibly smart. And then they're just, like, assessing world events, saying, okay, get rid of this guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But th- let me go to my second favorite. So my second favorite is, has to be the ants. Um their intelligence so oh oh great so mackie has just gone straight to hive mind as well <laughs> uh, i'm sticking with this one okay i went first okay i, I i'm sticking with okay, ants okay? okay you you i'm sure you got a lot more under your sleeve that you can convince people that ants are not that smart ants are not even that ants are actually quite smart and so so why i say ants is like you mentioned hive mind their individual intelligence is very low, but their collective intelligence is actually incredibly high. They're able to do things that where humans have actually imitated and copied. That they one of the one of the building blocks where humanity kind of identified similarities with themselves, seen in ants. They have a whole monarch system, which again humanity has gone down through that whole system. They have a full-on survival and uh, understanding. Scientists have even done like a full analysis of ants, funny enough, so people actually go out there and look out ants and say, ooh, what does this little guy do? And watches like fire Sims version, hoping that magnifying glass doesn't set them on fire. <laughs> but ba- basically, ants have uh, something where they have the real agricultural, what is the right word here? They, they're able to do farm, so they're hunter-gatherers. So they're not just hunters, they're gatherers as well. They collect uh, leaves to make their nests. They're able to farm. They have survival intelligence where they're able to use the sun and surroundings to identify where to go. And they also have pheromones where they can communicate physically to each other about certain warnings, certain events. And one test, which was actually quite interesting that I found about, was that in order to test how the ant is able to survive or find their way, because the ants, obviously, as they walk around, they know exactly where home base is. They work from a central place and move outwards. The further they go out, obviously, the more dangerous it gets, but uh, resources around their bases might get a bit smaller. But they, one scientist took an ant away from its home, lifted it up so it had no idea where it was going, dropped it off, and did a full-on analysis of how the ant tried to identify where home base was again. And obviously, it wasn't me, like, put them, like, a whole mile away. They were, I think it was roughly 50 meters away. So some a distance that it could still achieve. But obviously, it would have a tough time. So it went from a, 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 a structured circle pattern of, this is where I started. And then it kept on branching out. So going from the inwards, going further out, further out in a circle pattern. So it would go further out until it started seeing similarities of its own home and eventually found its way home which is incredible intelligence to kind of really use that kind of understanding and one last thing that i'll add because obviously i want to go to the next point and i want Jotun to get his fair share of time ants also know when to quarantine each other so obviously as hunters and gatherers they have to go outside to the big dangerous wall in this case very big and basically they can't they are 
vulnerable to fungi, which can infect them and cause a number of really scary and dangerous things. And ants are smart enough to know when to isolate them and not destroy the whole hive. So they are aware of the fact that survival is a group thing. And if one ant is unfortunately infected, they know how to quarantine said ant. Now, this is not not considering the fact they even make themselves into themselves into bridges and a whole bunch of other things. But yeah, ants are pretty dope. I, I have mad respect for ants. Okay, Jotun, give me your side. <laughs> I'm not going to completely throw in the towel here and give you this one. Yes. But I have also chosen uh, not necessarily a hive mind, but kind of a hive mind kind of animal. And cool. it's also an insect. This oh, one wow. is the cute, fuzzy little honeybee. Okay. Oh, no ways. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So bees are actually remark like incredibly t- intelligent. They now this isn't even considering some of the other faculties and abilities and senses that they have that uh, most other animals don't have, which include magne- magnetic field sensing, echolocation, and you know other stuff like that. But um, they are very clear signs of intelligence that we have seen and were able to actually measure as well. For one, and as an archaeologist, I can tell you that this is a, a big boy because it displays culture. Um, now, in, in humanity's past, we can't really say that something is like truly sapient unless there is a display of culture in some kind of way. But that could be, well, for humans now, that can be art. It can be um, burial practice of some kind because that shows like a concept of the afterlife and things like that. Or a concept of value because you valued that deceased person. But um, the culture which bees seem to have or have developed is that they have symbolic language in the form of their waggle dance. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and through it, they convey distance, direction, and the quality of nectar um, that's in different sources in their environment. Um, And they can also observe and mimic behavior that they see in other other bees. They have demonstrated advanced abilities in numeracy, so being able to count. And specifically, they have an understanding of the concept of zero. This is a particularly intriguing thing because there are actually three stages for understanding the concept of zero. The first stage is just understanding that something can be not there, that there is zero of that thing. The second stage is understanding zero when compared to non-zero, so something being there. Um, It's nothing. But that nothing is still worth noting as it relates to something. That's the second stage. The third stage is like actually numerating that form or having a representation of zero. And bees are one of the few creatures that we've studied that can actually understand up to the third stage of zero as well. Um, So any kind of graphical representation of zero. and some of the other things that they they do is, well, they can communicate with the rest of the swarm. Um, 
again, they have language. I think that the counting now goes all the way up to number eight. And yeah, that's that's why I think bees. Yeah, bees, no. man. I can't Very I can't overstate I can't overstate the level of intelligence that's required to have culture of some kind. And the only other animals that have a concept of zero that's advanced to the third age are some of the great apes and an African grey parrot. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's Bam! Beat I like that, that boy. One. No, that's very cool. <laughs> um, so that that's very interesting. So I want to touch on something before we go to our next topic. So obviously, ants and bees, very intelligent for, and quite a collective. Now, humanity has taken a lot from both ants and bees, um, specifically more from bees, unfortunately, which I have to concede to you, because <laughs> you know bees they hover, so they hover with their wings, and I kid you not, I believe I might be wrong and someone might correct me and I'm very open to that. But I believe there was a a person that gained a, a bit of inspiration, not all the inspiration, to kind of fly via the way the bee floats or hovers. And the bee and including to that, the bee's hexagonal structure is also incredibly clever. It's how they store You mean their, the beehive? The beehive how they store their honey or nectar. It's incredibly clever because it maximizes on space. It's like the perfect way to store and stack things. And that that's something that humanity has, again, taken from or copied or mimicked. And that's where I want to kind of briefly ponder about this idea with Jotun because he's a great ponderer. Humanity takes a lot of things uh, from the environment. Me smoking my my <laughs> fancy pipe, looking into the sunset, uh, as I uh, I'm want uh, to do. So, humanity takes a lot of things from the environment, and obviously we claim it as our own. Is human? Are a lot of humanity's greatest inventions innovations or just replicas? What do you say about this, Jotun? Curious about this. Okay, this this actually touches a bit on a different question that's a philosophical question of does life imitate, imitate art or does art imitate life? I'm of the perspective that art imitates life because yeah. We, yeah. we create things that we observe in our environment. And for me, it's, it's, you, can, you can try to describe it or explain it in any way imaginable. <laughs> But I don't ever think that you can provide a solid argument for why life in it imitates art. Like, how is something that you draw or whatever going to like have an effect on how trees grow or some something stupid like that? It's so illogical. But now what you're saying, repeat your question for me. So basically, humanity's got a lot of inspiration from the animals around us yes so i think that yeah we we imitate what we see in the world and nature because um it's it's a stimulus that gets us to build upon that in order to achieve a desired outcome that we 100%. have um and so what you said about the hexagonal structure of beehives, for example, now, it was probably some like Greek or something um, 
probably Plato or whatever mm. that was trying <laughs> to think <laughs> because it's called the platonic solids. So I assume <laughs> yeah. that it's him. Um, yeah. But like that tried to think what's the most efficient use of space that only records r- requires one platonic solid in order to fill that space completely without there being any gaps. And I believe that the hexagon is the only one for which that is possible because you can get like the shape of a, a soccer ball or something that is made up of two, uh, two platonic solids. I believe it's the pentagon and the, the hexagon, although I might be wrong there. Um, uh, I think it's an octagon. Just, I believe it's an octagon. Yeah. Sorry, octagon, not hexagon. Apologies no to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an octagon. But they're two distinct shapes inside of a soccer ball, or yeah. it can be made that way. Um, whereas a hexagon is the only one that's of only one platonic solid. And that means that if you use that, there are no spaces in between. And that's something that we just observed in, in animals. Now, um, I don't know of any other examples off of my head, but a great way in which we can implement something from nature in the future is if we watch the wing pattern of dragonflies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they're like the only true omnidirectional flying creatures that we know of that can... What's it? Yeah, that can like turn and yaw and go Mm. backwards and forwards and all sorts of things at ridiculous speeds mid-flight. So, yeah, that's how, that's how I think we're going to develop some kind of flying machine. Oh, that's going to be so cool. <laughs> is, yeah, that's based off of dragonflies, I'm telling you now. I think that is actually the, the, what, what Frank Herbert was going for in Dune when he uh, talks about an ornithopter. Um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so... So yeah, so that's why I feel like that's a an, why I got to my kind of semi conclusion on why what I classify as intelligence because like we touched on, humanity is very curious about their surroundings and I feel that certain animals also have that insatiable curiosity like cats and dogs and all kinds of animals and like you mentioned before, chimpanzees and orangutans also do because. I'm team orangutan here. Uh, chimpanzees are incredibly smart, but I'm team orangutan. Those chilled guys, they they know what's cooking. So I'm team orangutan. But yeah, as a, as opposed to like gang beatdowns where they bite out your throats and tongues and stuff. Mm-mm. Chimps are mad, dude. They're mad buggers. But orangutans, they're smart. They 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 chill about everything, and then they watch. And then uh, there's this one uh, story I remember from a zookeeper when I went to a zoo. They said, give a, a, a screwdriver to a chimpanzee and they will probably stab you with it. Give a screwdriver to orangutan and they will hide it and use it at, during the night to escape. <laughs> they're, sl- they're slow, but they're clever. <laughs> so with all that information, uh, before we conclude this episode, I would really love to hear a story, maybe two, from, your, from you, as well as from myself, about... Oh, and animal companions or funny things that we've personally came across with a certain animal story that might be interesting to tell the viewers. I definitely have one story about my chocolate Labrador. 
I'll, I'll talk. I'll give it a title. Even my title of my story is the Great Escape, and <laughs> I'll give it. A, uh, but Jotun, since I've gone first all the times, I would actually happy for you to go first this time. It's gonna get the ball rolling. Okay, so um, this is a bit of a tough one for me because I haven't really observed animals enough to see that much, but. One of my favorite stories to tell about um, my childhood days was when we went on one school outing or trip um, in my primary school. It was in my grade two year and we went to, for the July holidays, we went on a school trip to a place called Spirit of Adventure. And this place, we, we were staying in like chalets or bungalows or something like that, little cabins. And this place just had a huge amount of vervet monkeys that were in the woods surrounding the, the cabins. And oh my goodness, these monkeys were just such a terror with us yes. leaving our grub inside, inside of the cabins. Because we would go away for some, some trip or activity like climbing a rock wall or something or just some team building exercise and then we'd come back in the afternoon and it would just be pandemonium <laughs> like there would just be the remnants of what was left of our junk food just lying everywhere just these packets and things lying all over the place and we go inside of our cabins and we see that our clothing is lying everywhere because we stashed our, our food inside of our bags and the monkeys just went in, found it all and made away with it and just left all the refuse lying behind <laughs> to show so us they that they love us <laughs> so much. Yeah. And so we very quickly learned that if you don't leave the windows and the doors of those cabins basically locked, then the monkeys will come in and they will take it all. So that's one short little story. So I just want to talk about it. I just want to reflect, uh, obviously reference yeah. some of that. It's incredibly how smart monkeys can be, especially in South Africa. So they've learned what to do or where food is hidden. Uh, I recall mm. back at my workplace, we would have bars to kind of block it, block the monkeys from opening the bin. But then they got smart enough to know that the bar's not locked on either side. They will just slide the bar across, and now I can open it. <laughs> Human being outsmarted like twice. <laughs> and, and 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 that's the thing. The reason why I think I, I wouldn't necessarily call them smart. I just call them like incredibly observant. But that that that, that, that curiosity is good and problem solving. Yeah. They say this bar is not opening, and that's why I say, in terms of my intelligence definition, they're intelligent. They they're able to say. Oh, this is a new new problem to overcome. I see how the people yeah. open it up and close it. How do I do it now? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I definitely agree with you that they're, they're quite intelligent. Like, they see that you, you're working this metal object that's closing this bin or something. Mm. And then they, they, they try to do what you do and they didn't get it right. Yeah. And, then they, and then they think to themselves like, but, but I saw the other person and he touched this thing and then this thing opened it up to the food. I want this food. And so it'll just stay there for like 20 minutes and fiddle. 
move it in different directions, trying to see what works until something eventually does. And then they remember that and they can show their friends now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. Your second story? My second story actually isn't about why an animal is smart, but why an animal is stupid. Yeah, go um, for it. I'm looking for it. Which is a shame. I've got a, a few old dogs now, Jack Russells, that are like 14 years old. And um, it's so easy to trick them. <laughs> or the one. It's, 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 it's ridiculously easy. Um, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. Sometimes you can like put something in front of his food bowl and he, he, he'll just give up. Maybe that's it. Maybe he just gives up, but he'll like not, <laughs> not know where it. it is. It's not yeah. worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah, clearly. Okay, actually, I don't think he's being stupid. I think he's just given up or he knows that it's too much effort. <laughs> too much but effort, like not you, enough reward. Yeah, but you put like a box or something in front of his food bowl and then he'll just like look at it and then eventually walk away. But then oh, sometimes, sometimes he gets so hungry that he will go on a mission to find his food bowl. Oh. Or um, if, if he's a bit of a messy eater. So mm, if like mm. a pellet falls out of his food bowl and it falls underneath the food bowl, because the food bowl has a handle that you can pick up, which is the hole. But if it falls in that hole, then he will pour at that, ho- like that food bowl for half an hour trying to sure. get that pellet. Despite the fact that the bowl itself has like 50 pellets inside that he could just eat. All he's thinking is that this one fell into and under the food bowl. And I want that single one. Jeez, it's actually so adorable to watch. It's like the lot, like the best curly fry in the pile of chips that you order. And it's like, it's the best curly fry. And then someone takes it. You're like, I was saving that for lost. Yeah. Oh. You, you bastard. Uh, There's a reason why I was saving it for last. It's because uh, I know 100%. it's the best one. Exactly. Why did you take that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a worst feeling. Okay, let me go to my, my story of the great escape. So I'm sure Jotun will re- remember this story. Maybe he won't, but I'll love to hear his opinion. So I had a chocolate Labrador. Very cute. And she knew she was cute. She was smart because she knew how to play with you. So this is not the story, but like, she loved bananas, and people might state, hey, bananas are not the greatest for dogs. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are not so great, but bananas was the, the, the nicest treat that she adored and loved. And if you even, like, picked a banana from the... From the what's a bunch of bananas called, Yotin? Um, a bundle. No, a bunch. A bun- no, that's grapes. A bundle. Let's call them a, bun- a bundle. Let's call it a bundle. So if you take a banana from the bundle, and you know when you get that sweet... Cr- crack of the stem breaking apart from the rest she would hear that with her superior dog hearing ability and even if you you have to like do very slowly and she would still hear you and come straight to where the bowl of bananas were and she'll look at you and says i know you're having a banana can i just have one piece of it and she would stare at you she loved bananas for some weird reason but we adored her (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we we believe that she was pop monkey at one stage. But going to the great escape. So 
our dog Pepsi was her name. Um, she passed away, which I'm very sad, but she she's still very dear to my heart. She had a friend, which was not a not a bloodhound. The the the, the dwarf of the bloodhound. What is it? Um, hmm, I can't quite remember the type of dog. But she had a dog friend called Daisy, and these two were inseparable. They loved each playing with each other. They're both female. They both loved playing games. They were roughly the, about the same age. And whenever they were out in, out from our yard, they would play in the fields and really enjoy themselves. So obviously when you pull them away, they get a bit sad because they said, oh, we really, I really love, love my friend. I want to keep playing with them. And one day I was coming back from school. So I lived very close to my school and I walked back to get a, 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 a some lunch and I opened the gate and I realized, so point of reference, Daisy lived right next to our house but there was a war between them. So they could not physically get to each other without myself or human intervention to kind of open the gates and let them play on the fields. So I get home, open the gate, close the gate behind me, and I'm not greeted by one dog, but two dogs. I see Daisy somewhat, for some weird reason in the yard. So I'm standing there and I'm looking, what the F just happened? So... I see Daisy's a bit dirty, but I said maybe she found a mud puddle in her yard and she just really enjoyed it. And maybe one of the, uh, the our neighbor decided to let them have some fun because Daisy would bark on the other side and, Pip, and Pepsi would bark at the other side. Basically, they were talking to each other and maybe they were just sick and tired and just put them in the same yard. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So I, I bring Daisy along back to her home, open the gate because I, I'm friends with the neighbor, put Daisy away come back to my house again and all of a sudden Daisy's there again and I'm like wait I'm pretty sure I just put you back in your yard so at that stage I knew something was off and I physically started looking around trying to identify where and I find at the wall a tunnel had been dug under the wall so not enough for a mid-sized Labrador to fit under but enough for the breed that Daisy was to slip under. And that's how she managed to get under there. And even the owner of Daisy admitted that Daisy is not smart enough or intelligent enough to come up with that kind of plan. She's a bit slow. But Pepsi, no, she's a Labrador. She watches, she learns, but she applied problem solving. She applied her curiosity and she was goal-driven in that one moment where she communicated through her box to Daisy to dig a hole underneath the wall so they could be together. Oh my gosh, I had so much respect for my dog at that one point that I will never forget that story. It is so dear to me. I am so... Yo, it was it just baffled me. Like At that point, I realized that dogs are actually incredibly smart. They can communicate. They can think outside the box. And if they want something, they'll get it. <laughs> you remember the story, Jotun? <laughs> yeah. Who 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 was the owner of Daisy? It was the sport coach of the school that I uh, went to, and uh, the owner was v- very kind. And um, both Daisy and Pepsi loved each other to the ends of the earth. But the problem why we didn't hundred percent enjoy it was that Daisy was a big slobber dog. Her, her slobber was just naturally very slobbery. So Pepsi came back drenched in wetness of, of slob. 
<laughs> so, and because she she's a dog and she runs around in the dirt and stuff, she's now drenched in both slobber and dirt. So it was like the worst combo. So we basically had to give her a bath every time she played with Daisy. <laughs> oh, but they sweet. loved each other. They loved each other. And she's at that point, I realized dogs are actually incredibly smart. And there's other stories where I realized that animals aren't as uh, stupid as a lot of people think. Where pigs are incredibly smart. Other cats are incredibly smart. They're, they're, all, they're, they're smart in their own ways. I won't state that they're smart as humans. Because we humans, we're, we're here at this stage where I'm able to speak to my friend Jotun all the way from the UK via uh, means that would baffle an animal in terms of how on earth are they communicating. But I have to give it to animals that they, they have a, a great sense of intelligence. They have emotional understanding. They're able to survive when they need to. But they certainly... In some cases, we might be depriving them of certain intelligences as well, like zoos. Certain zoos do it right, where they save animals, and the animals that can't go back to the wild, they keep. But some zoos keep them because of pure ways of entertainment for people to think, haha, look how stupid the animal is. And that's sad. No, I agree. Okay. Um, anything from your side, Yotin, before we conclude this fabulous episode of ours? No, I think I've I think I've said everything. You know, we were we were pretty comprehensive today, <laughs> and I th- I enjoyed myself. I loved hearing your story about uh, your animal experiences. Uh, I also have a few more, but I don't want to bore everyone. But that that was the kind of the ideas of this episode was just to kind of help the world understand or help our audience who might not consider that the ants or the bees as smart or not, but. Again, guys, if you really enjoyed this episode, there are plenty more episodes on our Ramble Shamble account, as well as our Ramble Shrapnel account. We also started posting videos on Fumble Shamble, which is our more of our gaming content channel. And again, guys, the best way to talk to us is through Discord. We post our episodes on pretty much every podcast, uh, podcast platform there is. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple... Again, uh, Google Podcasts, there's so many of them. And to communicate with us, if you speak through us to YouTube, that's perfect. Uh, we will speak to you back, probably not as promptly, but it would be better if you speak to us through Discord, because then we can speak to you more casually, a little bit more fun, because YouTube is getting, going through, again, some weird phases of blacklisting certain things from certain things. Again, uh, they, 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 have their, they have their moments. <laughs> But again, guys, your comments are very special to us. Jotun, why are these comments so dear and special to us? Because we take your guys' response and, well, we take one of them. We choose our favorite or we choose the one that you guys upvote the most. And we take that, I'm repeating myself here, and we talk about that that you guys suggested to us. We have a separate playlist called Ramble Shrapnel because it's little bits and pieces of the main episodes or having to do with the main episodes and just off the top of our heads we take our conversation in that direction because again we can't think of everything under the sun that has to do with a specific topic but you guys from an outside perspective can show us where we are missing out where we can provide a bit more insight 
And so, yes, that's how we incorporate you guys into these episodes because we value your input. We're not like some other riffraff podcasters out there who like to just hear their own beautiful voices, although we do have very sonorous voices and we try to be mellifluous as well, but we need your input. You guys, you guys mean a lot to us. Yeah. And again, guys, we post regularly on every Thursday. And again, guys, share this episode with anyone and we'll happily give shout outs if you want to join us in one of the episodes. There's a lot of things for us to kind of grow in this community and we need your assistance in growing. And again, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ramble Shamble. Uh, I'm again joined by the fabulous Yotin, which I did not give his introduction at the beginning because I decided to hit the AI decide. And the AI was a bit weird. <laughs> but again, guys, that's all from my side. So bye from Mackie. Goodbye, everyone.